Hey everyone, and welcome to uh, episode four of the Pause Points podcast. As usual, I am Joe. That hasn't changed at all. Uh, I'm joined by Faith. Hey there. And Chad. Howdy. With a cold, unfortunately. Yes, but with a cold. Powering through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than I was a couple of days ago. <laughs> so we'll we'll start with the uh, with the sick man today. What's going on in the world of Chad? What are you watching? What do you what movies are you seeing? What TV shows are you watching? What's going on? Well, other than you know, trying to power through the cold. Um, so stuff that I've I've watched this week. Um, I, I've been really trying to to hit up my my Netflix and my streaming stuff lately. It's good to do um, when you're sick. Yes, yes. When <laughs> I'm sick, that, you know that works shows. out pretty well. And you can tell by my voice that it's it, actually there was one day last week when I could barely talk at all, and the rest of society just seemed thrilled. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So this week I, I hit up the HBO Go because uh, Veep has come back out for its latest season. Okay, and I can't remember. Do, do any either of you watch Veep? No. no. It's it's really funny, and I was never a Julia Louis Dreyfus fan. I was gonna um, say it's the girl from I Seinfeld, was, right? Yeah, yeah. She okay. was on Seinfeld. I was never into Seinfeld. Neither like she was, was just you know not one of my favorite people. Um, but a year or so ago, somebody told me that I should go back and watch this show because it was really funny and I love politics and all of that. And, and it, it really is quite good. It starts out with her um, as the vice president and all of the sort of the funny stuff that goes on with her staff and everything like that. Um, and, you know, then progresses through several things. But the, the latest season is opening up after she's run for president and you know, some things that are happening as they're moving through some interesting constitutional stuff. And it's, it seems to be starting out just as well as all of the other seasons did. The, now, it's definitely not, it's not a family show. Yeah, is, it, um, is it kind of a comedy, though? Like what, uh, oh, it, it's very much a comedy. Oh, okay. very, yeah, very she's won a couple Golden Globes for her role in Veep. Right. Yes. Correct? Yeah. yes. And yeah, very, very funny. But like I like I caution anybody who's listening, it is definitely not a family show. It's on HBO, <laughs> and um, so the humor is rather raunchy at times and language and things like that. Um, but if you're into politics and that kind of stuff, it's it's absolutely hysterical. And the the ensemble cast that they have does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of my highlight for the week with stuff that I was watching because. Um, I've really gotten into that, and so I'm glad to see that that's coming back, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season with it. Cool. I actually like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She's probably my, one of my favorite people on Seinfeld. I think I've seen just about every episode of Seinfeld, just here and really? there. And, yeah, I was kind of big into it. And then, of course, the the big finale that happened with that whole thing, just it just kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But I always thought she was hilarious and the, the Elaine dance and all of that. So I am interested to watch Veep. So that might be um, something I might hit up this summer. I, see, I never had any interest in Seinfeld whatsoever. But the funny thing I will say about, about her is that I actually have seen pictures of her on the new show that you're talking about. Well, I guess it's not new. It's a couple seasons in at this point. I think she actually looks better now than she did when she was on Seinfeld. Yeah, she definitely had that 90s yeah. hair. and Oh, yeah. yeah. She's aged Yeah, I think well. she looks a lot better now, too. Yeah. yeah I feel and, like I watched and, the drama version of that in Madam Secretary. Yeah. So it's kind of... It'll be interesting <laughs> to watch Veep after watching Madam Secretary because I think they have to play that same political game being women in that world. Um, but I'm sure the show 
tackles it different ways. I mean, this one, for somebody who likes politics, like some of the humor in it, I just find to be great. And just, it's very sarcastic in its tone, um, which I love. I love that kind of humor. Um, Just like you. you They they were saying something in the episode about, you know, what's what's one thing that you can do today that somebody else can't do? And like two people muddle under or mumble under their breath, like, yeah drive sober i mean it's like you know it's 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 things like that it's that kind of humor and and that fits my personality well so that's why i love it so much oh, yeah cool right. well you're talking about madam secretary faith what what's going on with you lately what are you watching her um one show Plenty. that i really enjoy and i just watched the season finale was i zombie and i was actually thinking of this when i was talking to chad earlier it's it just has a really interesting premise. Yeah, it has zombies and all of that. But it's a show that I think the characters are really smart and the writing is done very well. I was watching the season finale and I was thinking they should do this. They should do this. But the writers are probably going to make them make some stupid mistake. But they didn't. It actually played through exactly how I would have played if there were ever this character. So I really enjoyed that season finale. And if anyone out there ever watched Psych. It has a very similar feel in the way that they're not really psychic in their abilities, but there are two different ways that they approach that. One person is just a super observant one, and the other person eats brains and gets their personality. So um, if you like iZombie, if you want... Seems plausible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. It's very realistic. Um, So (laughs) I give this season a really great score. I would say it's like eight and a half um, if I were to rate the whole season. Um, But if you have been watching it and you want an, a fix on something very similar, I would go back and watch all of the seasons of Psych. I think they're on Netflix, right? Yeah, I think they are on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I think it's about eight seasons, and it's, just, it's it's got Corbin Burnson in it. Um, the main characters, the two, really work off of each other very well. So That's a very similar feel. It but, does. Except for the zombies. It does, So <laughs> other than zombies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, Overall, iZombie was an awesome show. It's probably one of the first ones I like to go to whenever there's a new episode. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll actually miss that a little bit this summer. Chad, did you ever watch Veronica Mars? I did not. Okay, so I didn't either, but um, I, I know several people who love that show and has a huge yeah. cult following. And these these guys are the same creators. So um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I do a, remember the movie coming out. I, oddly enough, I was at a like a large St. Patrick's Day weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> and a couple of the friends that I went with wanted to see the movie, and it was only playing in limited locations. Right. Um, and, and that was one of the places that it was. So um, after the spectacular Raleigh St. Patrick's Day parade, a couple of them went to see that. So, And that's also my nice plug for Raleigh. Anybody ever wants to spend a happy St. Patrick's Day, Raleigh knows how to do it. Cool. It's yeah. a nice town. <laughs> it is. Great town. Great town. Joe, what have you been watching or playing? What, what's been going on with you lately? Well, I wanted to thank a lot of the listeners. We actually got a lot of feedback on the last on the last podcast. We mentioned how uh, we got uh, an Xbox One donated to us, and I actually got a lot of feedback on what to start playing and going back and, and checking out and stuff. So um, I'm in the middle of uh, starting uh, Gears of War, which I, I heard is a great one to go back and play. But Quantum Break is the big one that we talked about the last podcast, and I wanted to try to stay as relevant as possible with this one. Um, we actually started that earlier tonight, and, and Faith's kind of watching that with me a little bit. But that's the one, Chad, we talked about on the last podcast is actually 
it's it's probably the perfect pause points podcast game to talk about because it's a game that is developed hugely uh, narratively focused. Um, it has movie actors, television actors doing live roles in the game, both for motion capture and in 20 minute, 20 to 30 minute actual live action TV episodes that break up the game that you end oh, up wow. watching um, to kind of progress the story along in between. It acts as their cutscenes, but they're actual uh, fully produced TV episodes that are the quality of something you would find on Netflix or HBO or something like that. So we've we've literally just started to to you know tiptoe into that. It's getting a lot of divisive reviews. It's either people love it or they hate it. So I'm I'm gonna you know go in there with uh, as much of an unbiased opinion as possible, and we'll we'll keep you posted on that. But thanks for your feedback, all the all the listeners. That was great to hear from you. I got a lot of top twenty five lists sent over to me. Um, on, on what games to go back and, and try to start playing and stuff. So I'll keep everyone posted on that. That's right. great. Excellent. So let's go ahead and jump into the movies pause point. And Chad, we'll let you start off maybe a little bit about that Ronald Reagan. Yeah, what's going on with that? Movie? Yeah, yeah, so that, that's been sort of the interesting news point that I've tried to keep up with a little bit for the week. Um, it was probably, you know, it, it was earlier in the week, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. Of this past week, I saw that it was released that there was going to be um, a new movie coming out uh, about Ronald Reagan that Will Ferrell would be starring in, and that the premise of the movie was that it was Reagan's second term when he begins to develop Alzheimer's, and that I think an an intern is tasked with trying to convince President Reagan that he's acting as the president and and all of this stuff. And when I read the original description of it, I kept thinking, oh, I don't know about this, because it, it, the description really sounded like it was making light of Alzheimer's okay. um, and implying that, that he had Alzheimer's when he was president, which you know, most he, things that I've, I've read said that there doesn't seem to be any evidence that he yeah, developed he any right? of that while he was in office. And, and so I was, I was just kind of leery of it. Um, when I first saw that, because I thought, oh, this this seems like it's really headed to be in very poor taste. Right. Um, and then within about a day, saw that there was just you know this enormous amount of news thing coming out that the Reagan family was very upset about this, um, and that you know they were saying how you know Alzheimer's is a disease that their father suffered from, and that millions of others do, and. And that it's it's very tragic, and they thought that this was bad. And so I was interested to see where this was going. And now, I think just within the last day or so, I've seen that Will Ferrell has pulled out of it yeah. because of the controversy that's associated with it. And so now I, I really even wonder if this film idea is ever going to go anywhere. To have a comedy about Alzheimer's did seem very much in poor taste. I mean, when people... When people yeah say the joke, you know, too soon. I, I think it is. I mean, Mrs. Reagan just recently passed away. Like, yeah. I feel like I, this almost feels like they've been sitting on this, but, you know, waiting for Mr. and Mrs. Reagan to finally pass away so they could pull this one out. And it is. It does seem like in poor taste. Yeah, and, and he's yes. pretty much one of the most beloved presidents ever. On both sides so, of the fence, yeah. Yeah, so I really just don't think there's a market for that yeah. movie. And I mean, and you know me, I... You know, I'm a liberal Democrat. I did not agree with his policies and some of that kind of stuff. However, I, from everything that I've seen and from what I remember of him, 
you know, he seemed to be a, a genuinely nice human being. And even as somebody who didn't like him as a president, I really thought that this was in very poor taste to, to do a movie that was making light of his disease and all of that. And I'm glad that Will Ferrell has pulled out. Um, and like I said, I, I'm really anxious to see if the project even moves forward at all now. So two things coming from that. If you want to watch a good presidential comedy movie, just watch Dave. And it's basically oh, the same amen. thing, <laughs> except it's fictional. It's about a guy who looks like the president. The president gets injured and he pretends to be but the that's president. But that's what I was just saying. If they were going to do this type of a movie and, and have a comedy, why did they have to base it on Ronald Reagan? Why couldn't it be a fictional president? They, and that would have been yes. totally fine. You know, like it didn't have to be Ronald Reagan and... Or any president, yes. any real president for that matter. Yeah, I think they could have done, again, just go see Dave. And then yeah, go, go watch Dave and, and it'll all be great. <laughs> yeah, and then secondly, um, there is a new show coming to PBS. It's part of their, their suite of mystery shows. I'm not sure if this is necessarily a mystery, but it's about Churchill. And it's about oh, wow. after he had a slight stroke, they had to nurse him back to health. And they had to convince everyone else in Parliament that he was still fit to lead. So it was all—it's all about his recuper- recuperation and rehabilitation. So I think that is kind of trying to tell the same kind of story a little bit. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't think that that was a sounds needed. like they're going about it in a lot better way though. Yeah, yeah. So on a more lighthearted note, uh, we we didn't do an official review on this, and and I kind of regret that, but but I think we can talk about it now. There's there's actually a couple of, of points that we want to talk about this, but Jungle Book. We went to go see the Jungle Book recently. Actually, the weekend it came out, and I I had absolutely no love for the original cartoon, the Disney cartoon. I did cartoon. not either. Uh, except oh, good. For, Neither course, did I. Except, of so course, for agreed. the songs. I thought the songs were cute. Yeah, but the songs are fine. As a movie in itself, no. That, that whole like era it. of Disney animated films was not my favorite, really. Um, but they seemed to recycle a lot of their characters that were in the Jungle Book were also in Robin Hood, and it just kind of seemed yeah. strange. There's actually I was a, a lot happier watching Tailspin. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the best thing to come out of that. You actually can go onto YouTube and watch during that era of Disney... Uh, cartoons, they have side-by-side-by-side-by-side comparisons of a lot of the animated feature films that came out during that time, like Aristocats, Jungle Book, Robin Hood, and whenever there's a dance scene in any of the cartoons, it's the exact same moves, it's the exact same rhythms they're doing, it's it's shot for shot, it's crazy. Yeah, it's the exact same choreography. But anyways, so... I, I was never a big fan of Jungle Book. I didn't, you know, didn't like it, but... I agree. The start of the marketing for this movie and knowing that John Favreau was behind it, I I started seeing the the trailers for this slowly roll out and I was like, there's something special about this. This looks really cool. And then they they started to announce the cast, that everyone was in it, the voice acting, and then we started seeing what the animals looked like and that it wasn't cheesy CG and just it seemed like all the Even pieces were falling it's in place. Almost entirely CG. I think the only thing that's not CG is Mowgli. Well, you were saying that the kid actually had puppets to right? Yeah, I think they brought in Henson? Yeah, I think that they brought in Henson to create uh puppets that represented all of the characters. So he wasn't just acting towards a tennis ball. He he was actually acting towards oh, wow. a puppet that was emoting. 
So I think that's why they got a really good performance out of him. But it is, it's his first performance. And yeah. I thought he did a really great job. And he pretty much carried the whole movie by himself because he was the only person that was acting in any of the scenes. And then they just added everything else in later. I mean, what I was getting at basically is the whole movie was outstanding. Uh, from the very, very beginning. From the beginning. It's just, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully acted. The voice cast is stellar. It's spot on between Christopher Walken and Idris Elba and uh, Ben Kingsley. I mean, uh, Scarlett Johansson as this. I mean, they're just perfectly cast and directed. Their voices directed as very well as well. You can tell John Favreau really sat down with each of them and, mm-hmm. and had them almost come up with a character the way Scarlett Johansson, you know, she, she draws out her S's whenever she talks and just. I mean, it's it's just a. It's an outstanding movie, and they did a great job. and And I think the the money that they're making is showing that they're already greenlit a sequel. So. Yeah, and I think if you had never seen the original Jungle Book, it doesn't matter. It's it. I feel like no. the story is a little bit different. It might be more true to the books, yeah. as well. So, I I liked all of the characters. I thought it was shot very nicely. There was great just coloring during sunsets, and you really got the feeling of being in the jungle. Um, so it was I actually would, it was actually more of a grown up yeah movie. There, there were some very scary well. moments in there that I probably wouldn't want like a five yeah, or six year old. Yeah, to don't see. go take your five year old to go see it. But it 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 was unapologetically grown up. It, it was it's still a family movie, but there are some scenes in there that are just very very real and resonate emotionally and and i think my favorite character in the whole movie really which is amazing in my opinion they even got him in this movie because he's been you know very sketchy to get in movies lately except for a certain type but bill murray as blue i think was the standout i loved him in this movie and he just played off the other characters perfectly and had a good relationship with the kid yeah and and there was no disconnect with the cg at all you really felt that there was a talking bear yeah, and a panther, and it was it was awesome. It all felt real. It was. And it was they've great. already greenlit a prequel. No, it's a sequel. Is it a sequel? Yeah, it's a, a sequel. sequel to this with the same characters. So the other live action Jungle Book that's supposed to come out in 2017. Oh gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. With it's um, Andy Serkis's first directorial debut. Yeah, poor guy. And Andy Serkis, we love Andy Serkis and all of his CG from Caesar to Gollum and um, everything in between. But I think he chose the wrong, the wrong movie. Well, originally he was doing Animal Farm, right? But yeah. then he switched to Jungle Book. Man, and- Animal Farm. Ugh. <laughs> I do not need to see a movie of Animal Farm. <laughs> but but he just announced that they pushed out their Jungle Book another two years to separate themselves from yeah. this Jungle Book. And I wonder now, I think everyone thought this was just going to be a one-off, but Disney greenlit a sequel. I mean, no spoilers, yeah. they left it open for a sequel. Exactly. Um, but that's not the only thing. So there is an announcement of some other... Disney live action movies that are going to be coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, D- Disney's kind of casting all their chips in for the live action movie front and 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 kind of just going all out between between the success they've had with Maleficent and am I saying that right? Maleficent. 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 Sorry. Uh with the success they had with Maleficent and what else? Cinderella? Mm-hmm. Cinderella and now this they're they're throwing it all in. And I and I and I hope they don't go overboard here, but they're they're doing a uh, a couple movies. One is going to be uh, Cruella, starring Emma Stone. Uh, it's actually written by like the same that. person that did Saving Mr. Banks, which was a great movie. 
they're doing a Wrinkle in Time, which is an old '80s Disney oh. movie that's on our Netflix I list. I've never watched the book. I've never seen the movie. Chad, have you seen that? I didn't even know there was a movie. I've read the book. There's, it's it's one of those obscure like I think it came out in the eighties Disney yeah, live action Netflix. movies. It's on Netflix, but really? it's on our it's on our list. We want to watch it, but we we haven't ever seen oh, it. Really, the time travel. I don't know if I can handle any more time travel. <laughs> um, another thing is uh, Jungle Cruise, and of course, it's going to star The Rock because uh, that makes sense. Um, Why not? Oh, of course, Dumbo uh, is going to be directed by Tim Burton. So. So those God uh, help dan- Dumbo. The dancing pink <laughs> elephants will happen. Yeah, I that'll be a, a that. thirty to forty-five minute segment of the movie. <laughs> right, it's actually going to be just based around that. The pink elephants. Yeah, it's yeah. just the pink <laughs> elephants. It's all gonna be one on long grade. trip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. I'm not really sure about that one. And uh, Jungle Book Two, which we already uh, said, director John Favreau is gonna be back for that one. A Tinkerbell project. I don't know what that is, but it's the it's the writer of Finding Dory and has Reese Witherspoon in it. Um, Reese Witherspoon, I think, would have been a great Tinkerbell about twenty years ago. It seems it seems odd if, if she's gonna be Tinkerbell. I think she's a little. I don't. I don't it, it sounds more like a Tinkerbell. A Tinkerbell project. I, just going off the title sounds more like a Saving Mr. Banks type thing. It's not necessarily about. Okay. Mary Poppins, but it's you know, about Mary Poppins. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, but there's going to be a Mary Poppins sequel. Yeah, that's this on is, that list. This is, this is the tough one. The really? Mary Poppins sequel, live action sequel, is coming out. Uh, that's the last one that they announced, and I don't I don't know if that's true. Is there on a blasphemy sequel or book? I don't to think Mary so. Poppins? Yes. Yeah. There, there's a whole series of books. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So maybe yeah. it is based on those, but yeah. But oh, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I yeah. wonder Ugh. if they could get Julie Andrews back. I, I forgot about that. I didn't. Julie think Andrews. I, she has a long-standing good reprise. relationship with them between the Princess mm-hmm. Diary movies and. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good thing. Heck, Dick Van Dyke is still kicking too. That's amazing. They could both that's be true. in it. They could both be in it, and it could be. Maybe it could be like passing the baton a little bit, but they could appear as their characters. <laughs> a new trilogy of Mary Poppins movies. <laughs> New characters, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and after credit scenes. <laughs> and, and I mean, Dick Van Dyke is literally still kicking. I mean, we He's saw him spry, at the, yeah. the Disneyland anniversary special, and for mm-hmm. ninety years old, he's still doing great. Yeah, yeah. So, I could see Derek Huff taking the reins from him. Just throwing that out there. Oh, uh, my girl's brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julianne. Julianne Huff could also be in it. Who knows? She's, she could be Tinkerbell. Yeah, she could. She'd be a great Tinkerbell. That's an awesome casting right there. She'd have to lose a couple feet on her height, but, but yeah. so so just coming back to the Jungle Book, that was directed by John Favreau. Yep. Um, but he is also looking to. I gotta come say, back. really, really quick though, John Favreau, what a weird career like that that guy Very has had. Strange. Good for him though. But, but he pulled it off in this Jungle Book movie. I mean, started in comedy. I was watching the replacements on TV with Keanu Reeves the other day. He hey, plays... Keanu, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, Keanu, listening. <laughs> we're still trying to get him on our podcast. But we're, we, what a weird guy. Mainly in comedy, just randomly started getting into directing with a couple of things. Basically kicked off 
the juggernaut train that is the Marvel movie franchise yeah, with, with Iron, Iron Man. Man 1 and 2. And now he's gone into the Jungle Book and just killing that. And Yes, but now he is coming back and he's going to be a producer on Infinity Wars. Yeah, he stepped away from Marvel for a while, but, but he's going to be working with the Russo brothers. Whom we uh, um, saw at the Cleveland... Comic-Con. Per, yeah, personal Wonder friends Con. of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think it's safe to say that, right? Yeah. Yes, I've, I've been telling everyone we met them. Yeah. So. Well, I, well, well I don't did. know if you were with us. We walked past them, and I waved, that, and yes. I said, that thank you, guys. And they they said, you're welcome. So I think that counts as meeting us. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully, that yeah. means we'll also be able to get them on the podcast in the future. And, and <laughs> you know where I and where I remember John Favreau from? Like, when I think John Favreau, I think Rudy. That's oh right. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, y'all brother or something? He was Rudy's roommate. Wow. That is a throwback right that there. That is right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he has really run the gamut with a lot of this. Oh my gosh. I never even thought about that. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, he is, he, you know, so he's he's going to step back into the the Marvel movie universe. So good for him that there's a lot of moving pieces going on with that movie. Um we hope that it will come back to Cleveland, like mm-hmm. they said, and and maybe we'll be able to cameo in that. And you'll yeah, see us in the background awesome. running from something exploding, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully not exploding <laughs> ourselves. Right. <laughs> but um, someone else is going to also jump on the Infinity War um, bandwagon. That's going to be Chris Pratt. Good He's going to reprise his oh, role oh. as Star-Lord in Infinity War as well. So that's exciting to see that kind of join those two universes. I I know that's one universe, but it seems very separate in my mind to put them together. will be really interesting. This movie is going to have so many people and moving pieces on it and just... If anybody can do it, Marvel can do it. Did you see, did you see Chad, the Doctor Strange trailer with the Cumberbatch? No, I didn't. You should watch that. I know you're a fan of Benedict. Yes, I am a fan of the ex-Benedict Cumberbund. Yep, there you go. He, he does a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah, so you check that out on IMDb when you get a chance. Well, I enjoyed that uh, that trailer, but it reminded me so much of Batman Begins, his little excursion there to mm-hmm. like Everest or something. And it also reminded me so much of the old Shadow movie with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. There was so were so many elements of that in this trailer and inception. so yeah and inception it just it felt like three movies kind of combined into one so i liked all of those movies so hopefully i'll like this one so i agree and when you watch the trailer chad you can tell us whether or not you ever you seen the shadow well. chad Without i falling. did but i think oh gosh it's been a long time ago now it's an old like it's an old one it's, it's kind of it's fun it's just though. like it's one of those kind of comfort food movie things yeah you watch it it's on faith, tv so. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your question oh no i was gonna say it's funny though because i i heard that when Jonathan, I think it was Jonathan Nolan, was this was before the whole Batman trilogy that him and Christopher Nolan did. He actually wrote a treatment for a Doctor Strange movie that he was trying to get off the ground, and it had a lot of the elements that ended up being in Batman Begins. So it's probably not that strange, no pun intended, that you were reminded a lot of Inception and and, and yeah. Batman Begins because honestly, that's for anybody who knows the Doctor Strange story, that's kind of it's a very similar startup to how it was in that movie. He goes to the Orient and he, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. So, but, uh, keeping, keeping really quick going through this Marvel stuff, uh, as fast as we can. Thor three is going to happen. Uh, as we know, it's called Thor Ragnarok, but what's really strange about this one is Natalie Portman is not coming back. She's out. 
I'm uh, not surprised. I'm not either. She was almost out of the last one, and out of all of the Marvel movies, I think it's safe to say that those two have the least chemistry out of any love interests in Yeah, the it whole, just doesn't work out. Yeah. I liked them in the first movie. I kind of bought it, but their whole relationship happened in a matter of, what, like three days? Yeah. And then it just fell apart after that. So I'm okay with not having... I, I would like him to end up with Lady Sif, and I'd be okay with that. But I, I like Natalie Portman. She's a great actress, and I'm surprised they got her in these, let alone the second one. I wonder one, if she but... has problems with on-screen chemistry, because she also had issues with Hayden Christensen in the Star Wars prequels. I hate to bring it up again, <laughs> but talk about bad chemistry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there, there's, there's one little piece of casting news there, and then... Like most of our friends over at Marvel that we've talked about recently, they're they're doing a lot of flip flopping between Chris Evans and who else did we talk about that was flopping around with whether or not they wanted to do anymore. I don't know, but now we got Robert Downey. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is coming is back to the bank. Saying <laughs> Disney's <laughs> Disney's backing up the Iron Man money truck to his driveway, and he he was on an interview at some late night show or something. I forget what he was talking about, but he said he might have one more Iron Man in him. So. Um, they, they, I think they're trying to basically base the entire Marvel movie universe around when Downey's going to decide to step away and retire from the role, but, uh, he can't yeah. apparently make but it. But he mind. is going to be cameoing in the new Spider-Man movie yeah, as yeah. well. So you'll see him on Civil so. War. Civil War Chad is coming out this Chad week. Chad is very familiar with Civil War now. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited for that one. So we'll be we'll be going to see that on Thursday and and hopefully putting up our review before it's a sequel to Gettysburg, yeah. isn't it? It's exactly <laughs> yes, Robert E. Lee and and Captain America and Iron Man. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a review up of that by Friday by the time you guys go uh, yeah. see it. So and Civil War is already doing gangbusters internationally. I think it's made over two hundred million now. Yeah. What did you say? It had it had a record of. It was one of the top 15 highest grossing international releases of all time. It's going to hit big, big numbers this weekend, I'm sure, with the domestic. So, so it, when, did it, when did it release internationally? Just this last weekend? Yeah, just last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah 200.2 million its opening weekend internationally. So, so good job, Civil War. That's we crazy. knew you could do it. Good job, Russo Brothers. Yeah. Bring it back to Cleveland now. So speaking of international blockbusters... Avatar has not announced just one sequel, two sequels, three sequels, but it's up to four Avatar sequels now. Oh, God. James Cameron, (laughs) what's up? Does anybody care? I don't. I don't even think I cared about the original Avatar until the trailers and, and things came out. And I really enjoyed that movie, but it's been so long since that the first thing is, Avatar. he keeps announcing more and more sequels, but nothing's actually come out in the past yeah, I think ten he, years. He's put he's counting all of his eggs before anything. Like, just make one sequel, just do one, and see if anybody God. comes to see it. James Cameron, get some self respect. <laughs> you could you can do better than oh, I'll just make four sequels to Avatar. What you do? I'd like you to do something where you're not just cashing in. Yeah, I think it is such a passion project for him that he has blinders on. He does not want to think of anything else but that. And he tends to get very obsessive about things like the Titanic. No. Not only was he doing a Titanic movie, but he had to create the technology in the submarine to go down to the Titanic and take this video like 
just make a movie. Let's I, make a movie and move on. I just can't believe the studios are backing him on this and just letting him do Maybe this. he has an excellent idea. Maybe it's it's really awesome, but we just don't know That about sounds like it. a real big maybe. Did yeah. you did you like the first Avatar, Chad? It was kind of an event movie. Like Oh, I never I never saw the whole thing. It was before I had made the determination to watch all Best Picture nominees. Yeah. So I was like, oh, thank God. Now I don't have to go back and see it. They basically <laughs> so. called it Dances with Wolves in Space. In Space. <laughs> because it was basically the exact same story. But let's be fair. We liked it when it came out. And it's still it's a very good movie. It's amazing visual. Yeah, it's a great movie. But uh, the world that he created is, is spectacular. Yeah. I like all of the like the floating islands and stuff. But here's the thing: this this movie, the the sequel, the first of the four sequels. So there'll be five avatars total. So the first of the four sequels is coming out in 2018. Okay, and I'm gonna make everyone feel really really old here in a second. But let's let's put things into perspective here for a second because Avatar came out in 2009. Okay, so it's it's almost going to be ten years mm-hmm. by the time the sequel to this movie comes out. That's that, is anyone really? I don't care? think that the length of time is the big deal because there have been long lengths of time between movies. I think it's the fact that he's announcing four sequels before he's even made well, yeah, one. That's just a cherry on top. But that, I think that's really the problem I have with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I don't know how I feel about that. Was the, was Avatar just was that a remake of Fern Gully? <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Sort of. Fern Gully no, meets I, dances with yeah. wolves in space. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I looked at. It. I saw that. I was like, yeah, that just looks like Fern Gully. I'm sure that that's not very good. <laughs> so. so, speaking of other properties that are kind of out of control and we don't really know what's going on with them, DC movies. I promise we're going to stop talking about Batman versus Superman here soon, but. I, I, I read one last it's article. A tra- it's a train wreck. You just can't mm. look away. Actually, DC is is kind of in the middle of a train wreck right now, and it, it's kind of. Just real quick, what's going on? It, it's kind of falling apart. Disablement last week. Do what? <laughs> I was in a train disablement oh, last that's week, right. but we didn't yeah. completely derail. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we, and we were yes, a lot you. of people looked at it. <laughs> well, this we this... had to move to an entirely different train because ours was. Dis- Disabled because some rotten kids put stuff on the railroad tracks. Oh gosh! <laughs> well, this this train is definitely coming off the track. Um, the the critical response and the audience response to Batman versus Superman apparently has Warner Brothers in a complete and total whirlwind. Uh, we 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 know that Ben Affleck is coming back to direct his own Batman standalone movie, and that might be that might be their saving grace along with the Wonder Woman movie. Um, but you know, we all know he's a good director with, uh, Argo, Ar- I almost said Fargo <laughs> one letter off. Yeah. Plus. One letter off. So uh, Argo, we know he can direct, we know he does a good job. So hopefully he'll breathe. Life and he can direct that. himself because he himself. was in Argo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great fit. Uh, but I mean, the director of the flash has completely left the project for creative differences. James Wan, who did, uh, furious seven. He's in uh, the Conjuring. I think both Conjuring movies. He's a well acclaimed director. He's up and coming. He's thinking of leaving Aquaman. Uh, the, the the Flash director leaving kind of strikes me the biggest because here you have someone that's just starting out. This is their directorial debut. Usually they kind of take it on the chin if they're getting any flack from 
from the studios because, hey, this is their shot to make a name for themselves. Yeah. It had to take a lot for this guy to step away and say, hey, I'm going to walk away from a comic book movie with Warner Brothers in, in one of the biggest you know, segments of movies that are, that are going on right now and, and just completely step away. There has to be something going on pretty terrible in the background. I think, I think they're taking out all the stress that they want to put on Zack Snyder right now, who's directing justice league, um, from, from the Batman versus Superman fallout. And they're putting it on Aquaman and and flash directors and stuff like that. But, um, so that it just, it just kind of sounds like it's, it's falling apart and, and not only are they is it falling apart, but they're releasing a four-hour... They're not releasing a four-hour, but Zack Snyder's original cut of Batman vs. Superman was four hours long. Wow. Yeah. He should have cut more. Yeah, I mean, it was already too long at two and a half hours. But um, So there's there's that. On, on the good news front for DC, uh, they have... Uh, a long-awaited animated movie coming out. I don't, Chad, I don't know if you know this or not, but one of the the things that DC does the best is they actually have animated movies that come out that are not really for kids; they're for adults. Uh, so their DC animated universe is really well uh, put together. It's really been put together by the same exact team for the past fifteen years or so. Um, oh wow! And it's and it's by Bruce Tim and. Um, I think her name is Andre Romano is the voice director and and they've all been a family and together since the early nineties when Batman had his animated series on Fox on Saturday morning. So Which uh, I remember that. That was a good one. That's a great show. And they're putting together one of the classic Batman storylines. Uh it's coming out soon called The Killing Joke. Very mature. Very mature. And it's actually the very first animated movie they're putting together that they're they're giving an R rating. So um and I don't think that's part of the R rating craze that we've talked about in the past with Deadpool, but that that one deserves. It has some very mature themes and some violent stuff in there. So um, I'm very interested to see how that that turns out, though. But the other big thing that does seem to be going in their direction, it's rumored that help me out here. George Miller directed Mad Max Fury Road, correct? It's mm-hmm. George Miller, yeah. right? Yeah. So he is rumored to actually be coming in to uh, direct. The Green Lantern movie that'll be coming out in between oh. the two Justice League movies, so that's 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 a that's something that could go very well in their direction. Hopefully, uh, by that point in time, it's not completely a, a smoldering heap of garbage. But um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully that'll go well for them. I mean, Warner Brothers has a good relationship with George Miller. They they put together the Mad Max thing with him, so. But yeah, so we'll we'll just keep watching that and and hoping it improves as time moves on. But mm-hmm. uh, so really uh, quick transitioning a little bit, just a couple pieces of news we want to cover. We talked last time, Chad, about Tomb Raider and the possibility of Daisy Ridley taking over that. Well, that is no longer happening. Boo-hoo. It looks like they're casting Alicia Vikander from the Danish Girl. So Chad, oh. you saw the Danish Girl, right? Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Really? Oh, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. It was not a Best Picture. Yeah, it wasn't a Best Picture nominee, and I've had it on my... It's on my list. It's on my list of ones to watch. I just haven't been able to get to it yet. Yeah, she won Best Actress, Best Supporting Supporting Actress actress last year at the Oscars for her role in The Danish Girl, and you may know her from Ex Machina as the main character. So I think she'll do a great job. I think it's not who we were hoping was going to be in it, Mm -hmm. but I can see her kind of pulling it off. Um, and then also, just on some news territory, Maze Runner 3 
has been delayed indefinitely because of the main character's man that poor kid um, injuries. So he was injured on the set, and he's not healing up as quickly as everyone thought. Chad, did you hear about this? No, no, I missed that. What happened? This is one of the big uh, accidents to happen to a major actor. This poor kid, uh, I'm looking up his name right now, but he, uh, Dylan O'Brien, he needs more time to recover. The report that came out from uh, WorkSafe, I think is the, I think they're the insurance company to the the movie sets or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. But they they came out and they said uh, that, quote, his injuries are more severe than initially expected. He suffered a concussion, a facial fracture, and lacerations. Apparently, wow. yeah, apparently he was on he was on a wire harness on, on top of a moving vehicle and he was accidentally pulled off into another vehicle that hit oh him. Oh my gosh. And I mean, this is the this is the I, I don't know if you've ever the seen any of the Maze character. Runner movies, but this is the main character. And wow. this this great is great actor. A, like, yeah, great he really young is. Actor. If you've if you're ever familiar with any of the young adult novels like the Hunger Games and and Divergent series and stuff mm-hmm. like that, the Maze Runner is actually kind of an underrated one. We watched the first Maze Runner, probably the best, most mature group of child actors I've ever watched in a movie. As an entire ensemble, every one of them hit the greatest notes. I mean, it might not be the best plot line, no. but we both came out and said, "Wow, they could really act." Yeah. Like you believe everything that they and were the doing. second one wasn't as good, but they still brought it to the table. And and yeah. if you get a chance, Chad, watch the watch the first Maze Runner it, just just sure. for their performances That's alone. But you know our our thoughts go out to this kid, and I mean yeah. we really hope he gets better. But, yeah, I, I really hate to hear that. Whew, man, yeah. I feel bad for him. And then also on news front, it looks like Marvel's Inhumans movie has been canceled, but that'll transition us over to the television. Pause point. Segway. Segway. Um, <laughs> they're doing a great job with the Inhumans on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, they there's brought no a lot of them in. Anymore. So there really isn't a need for the movie, but I, I like the direction that the television show is going a lot. They've really pulled it together the second half of this, um, this season. Well, like we just mentioned how Disney just announced a slew of live action movies. They Marvel kind of, Disney Marvel, did the same thing about a year and a half ago, yeah. they announced the whole slate of Marvel movies coming out up until 2020. And I think they might have prematurely announced that Inhumans movie. I don't think they expected to go as far as they've gone with that storyline in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's kind of become mm-hmm. completely just, it's evolved into the storyline very, very well. And I don't think they expected it to go that well. But it's been great. That that show's continuously gotten better. And, and I don't think they need this movie anymore. So, yeah, good call. So... Moving on in the television pause point, we want to talk a little bit about some season finales that have happened recently. So, Chad, you wanted to touch on Better Call Saul. So what did you yes. think of the season? No spoilers. Yeah, so that's that's been one of these these TV shows that I've really gotten into. And the second season of Better Call Saul, I think, is probably the first series in I don't know how long that I've been watching pretty much in real time. Really? Uh, for the most part, I watched the entire season... You know, as it aired on AMC, instead of, you know, streaming it or waiting for it to come on Netflix or something like that, Um, because I I just really got into it and they did a fantastic job. Storylines that that were big in the first season, you know, some of those arcs have carried over, which was good. Um, 
it has the same kind of feel to it like Breaking Bad. So there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of, you know, some of the, the different flashbacks and different story elements and things that, that they did so well in uh, the Breaking Bad series. If anybody hasn't seen Breaking Bad, you can get into Better Call Saul without having ever seen it. Yeah, it's because um, it's a prequel. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a prequel. And, you know, they... I the, think it the helps. Crossover stuff isn't, you know, they're not doing anything with that yet, at least. I think so, it helps, though. Like you, you'll get some jokes and, and and characters that pop up. I think a little, you, you'll you'll appreciate it a little bit more. The thing, yes. the thing with Breaking Bad, and I know you've heard this from me time and time again. The reason I don't like Oscar movies is because they're overtly depressing and very dramatic and sometimes boring. I was afraid of that going into Breaking Bad. Um, I forced myself to watch the entire series of Breaking Bad, and I ended up liking it. I was actually surprised I liked the way it ended, but I do. It did have those those bouts of depression. There were there were entire half seasons where that one kid would just sit in his living room and just pout. Oh yeah, there was there you was know? definitely some very very dark moments. Yeah, but and I do like I, I do like where Better Call Saul keeps it a little more lighthearted. So yeah, Better Call Saul. It, it, there's still there's a lot of darkness to it at times, but it's not that that in depth kind of darkness that that Breaking Bad had. Right. Yet it's still a a wonderful series. I think they've done a good job with it. And there's even a lot of parts of it that I really like better um, than Breaking Bad. I've I've gotten it uh, it was slower for me to get into it. Yeah. It took me three or four episodes in that first season to really get into it. But once I did, I've been hooked. Um and and I like uh, I've always been a sucker for, you know, the the legal type TV shows too. I mean Mm -hmm. I like the some of that kind of stuff, and so the the story arcs have been good with that. Um, it had a very good season finale that is definitely leaving me looking forward to season three. There's a lot of questions with stuff, and has it been renewed? Just, yeah, neat neat cliffhanger things and the things that they did very well on Breaking Bad that they've they you know incorporated into this with some of those elements. So it's one of those things. If anybody hasn't watched it, again, definitely not a, a family show. Um, but great, great to watch. Um, season one's on Netflix. Some of the some of the episodes are on the the AMC app for season two, but I'm sure here in a few months they'll release that on on Netflix as well. But I think it's totally worth the watch, and I recommend uh, getting into it. It's definitely worth it. Chad, has it been renewed? Do you know? Yes, I believe it three? has been renewed. It was okay. Yeah, yes. I, w- would you say that the second season? And again, I haven't even started it, but I kind of like that all ten episodes are sitting on my DVR right now because I can just power through them uh, this summer, especially when a lot of our shows now. And would oh, yeah. you say the second season is as good or better than the first? Without any spoilers, uh, I would say maybe even better because it the second season, you know, it grabbed me right from the beginning, and it's been a long time since I've watched a TV show where I could not wait. For that next week really? to come, so I could see what was happening, and I'm sure I'll and, get into it that way too, and I'll and I'll watch them back to back to back. So I yeah, know that's so it coming. Was, it was really worth it. Yep, I highly recommend it. Good, mm-hmm. cool. Another season finale I wanted to talk about was Limitless. This was the first season for this show, and we've we've spoken about this in the podcast a couple times, um, based on the movie by. Um, with Bradley Cooper, but Limitless had a really fun season. Would you say, Joe? It it was probably one of the most fun shows well, on television for its genre. We've talked about it before, and 
it's such a strange show that it even happened and that Bradley Cooper is so involved. We won't get into that again. But yeah, it it had a strong first season. Yeah, and it looks like it's moved into the more likely to be renewed category, yeah, but I think still no word on a second season. However, the season finale felt like it could have been a series finale. It Ish. really wrapped up yeah. pretty nicely all of the loose ends. So I was happy with Limitless again. It's a really fun show. If you want a comedic procedural, it had a nice over overarching storyline that took the whole season that, as well. It was it was fun. That show definitely had an uphill battle for me to prove to me that mm-hmm. I was even interested in it. And I ended up getting very, very Yeah, and I it, think so. that the, it can be credited to its main character. Yeah. Because he had cast, big really. shoes to fill in Bradley Cooper. He didn't try to play the same type of person as Bradley Cooper, but no. it worked for him and yeah. it worked for everyone involved. So good job for the producers coming up with really cool um, gimmicks of the week yeah. to kind of get tell the story in a different way. Not like the other movie to TV shows that came out, like Minority Report. And yeah, this one worked really terrible. well. Because so. I feel like Limitless wasn't a huge movie in its own right. I don't think a lot of people saw it, so I don't think it had as much of a battle as Minority Report or something like that. So right. um, Another... The thing we want to talk about is person of interest is finally returning. Oh, gosh, so I think it wait. took the place of limitless in the time slot. It did. Yeah. And it's got its shortened final season. I'm so excited. Was it for 13 this episodes? Show. Yeah, I think it's a 13 episode season. It It's just one of those shows that has a very small cast, a very tight knit cast. And it tells a story so well. The 22 episode seasons flew by. It never felt like they were forcing the story. No. And I think it'll be nice to have this this final 13 to kind of finish it off because it does have quite quite a canon Talk about a or a mythology. As well. Yeah, yeah. They have a, they've had a cliffhanger every season. That that there's there's an episode in in season three for those of you who watch the show. You'll know what I'm talking about, but it it goes down in history across not only not only just our minds, but across very many news and review outlets as as being one of the most powerful episodes of television. Yeah, it's a three um, a, a three episode storyline, and I mean ten, ten, ten. It was great television. Yeah. It just it felt like it could have been an, like an Oscar movie. Those three episodes, yeah, it, really it was could've. so well done, and I want to get. I'd like to get into spoilers a little bit. So if you haven't watched Person of Interest, kind of skip ahead maybe five or seven minutes. But so Chad, plug your ears. <laughs> so Chad, if you're not interested in this. But um, I do want to talk about those three episodes because it leads into my next pause point. Because in that episode, they they wrote off a main character, Taraji P. Henson, who's now an Empire and doing awesome as Cookie. Cookie. Something that's happened over the past two weeks is they have, killed off or written off very very main characters in three big shows so castle sleepy hollow and the blacklist and what's the reoccurring theme with these characters they're all women yeah they've written off these women and i don't really understand what's going on there i thought that especially in the blacklist well all of them they're main characters the storyline revolved around liz in the blacklist Every single episode, yeah, she we was the said first. Spoilers for all these shows. Really, I, I no, I said I said, said spoilers. Spoiler. Okay, right. <laughs> um, but right at the beginning, she was the first person you saw and and read 
is so tied to Liz in the story that I can't believe that they wrote her off in that way. Sleepy Hollow as well. I mean, they're the two main characters. So I haven't even watched those episodes because I'm kind of upset that this whole thing happened. I kind of read about it. I didn't want to know about it. But but was it the last episode? Because Sleepy Hollow has a very slim chance of coming back now. Yeah, I think it's pretty much done. But um, but yeah, it's... They've written off these powerful, wonderful women, and I don't know if it's a money thing. Castle or... is a different story, though, because I think Castle, they were having problems with her as an actress on the set. Oh, were was... they? I wasn't sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I heard that, and don't take that to the bank or anything, but I, apparently she had one foot out the door anyway. I mean, they're in yeah. season nine right now. She could have been like asking that. for a lot more money than they were willing to provide. Yeah, but, so I... but it's interesting that that, that all kind of came down in two-week period yeah. that these women are leaving these shows. So write to us, let us know how you feel about that. Pausepointspodcast.com. Just check out all of our social media. Let us know what you think about that. Yeah, we want to hear from um, everybody. As See well. if there's a trend there for any reason. But. Yeah. So. Chad, you ever watch 24 when it was out? I watched a couple episodes of it. It wasn't one that I ever really got into all that much. Although I thought the concept was kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's very cool. We watched, what, the first season? Watched the first season, and I watched this last London season. You did? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah, I actually watched the whole thing. So you've watched two days worth of the show. I've actually watched a day and a half because the last season was shortened. So it was more like 12 (laughs) instead of 24. (laughs) 12 hours. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it's it's a very predictable kind of setup every single time. So I'm not sure how they're going to... To mix it up. I think it's a cool premise as well. But that beeping. Beep. Yeah, I couldn't get past the first season. The whole reason we're talking about this is they, they Fox just announced they're bringing back a... They've ordered to pilot 24 Legacy, which has nothing to do with the original show. It's a new cast. But the everything. same premise? Same premise. Okay. So good for them. You know, hopefully it'll... You know, it'll be up there with all the other X-Files, and now they're bringing back Wayward Pines. It'll probably have a shortened season, I imagine. But I'm very excited about Wayward Pines. I like the first season, so I'll be interested I, I'm, to I'm see how, on that one, how they go for it. Um, Netflix that. also ordered some series. So we've got The Punisher mm-hmm. and also Defenders, which is kind of like their team-up Yeah, it's like their movie. Avengers of all their, their Netflix series. Yeah. So I'm very interested how that's going to turn out because all of the Netflix series that they've done are very mature, very dark, uh, but they actually, even within that mature, dark themes, have very different tones. So, you know, Daredevil has a totally different tone from Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, just even the way it's shot, too, is, is kind of different. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm trying to picture how they would bring all those together in one cohesive tone, but we'll, we'll see. They've done great so far. Yeah. So we still got to watch season two of Daredevil. So Chad, if that's, I, I know you're not into the comic book thing, but if you like good dramatic stories and, and the legal side of things, watch the first uh-huh. season of Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil, I would say over Jessica Jones, but Absolutely. Vincent D'Onofrio, such a great bad guy. He, he plays his role One of the very, ones. very well. So. And, he, and, he has a, and that show has a good legal side to it as I well. I mean, they're lawyers. So, oh, cool. Yeah, he's the a lawyer. character's a lawyer. He's so. a blind lawyer. Um anything else? Chad, did did you have a Netflix series you want to talk about? Uh the only one I wanted to mention on there was I, I have started watching the second season of Un, uh The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um so for anybody who watched that, it was sort of a breakout series from last year. 
um, on Netflix. It was created by Tina Fey. Really? She's not starring in it. She's, but a, she's great a writer. creator and producer of it. She wrote Mean Girls, right? Yes, she wrote Mean Girls. She starred in 30 Rock. Um, yeah. And I really like her her brand of, of humor. She's very sarcastic with stuff and a little offbeat, off the wall. Really like that. And the, the first season of, of Kimmy Schmidt did really well. Um, the whole premise being that she was a girl who was abducted with other women when she was little and um, was forced to like live in a bunker for several years and, and things. And um, uh, who was the, what, what's the ham fellow? What's his name? Oh, John Ham. John Ham, yes, John Ham. Uh, guest <laughs> a couple fellow. episodes as the as the reverend <laughs> that held her held her captive and everything, and um, so she comes out of that and moves to New York, and so it's it, it it's like we talked about before. It's a little bit like Blast from the Past, where she's trying to yeah, to live as an good. adult, even though she's got like fifteen years of her life that are gone. Um, but it, the first season did great and was very very funny. Second season's premiered now, and it's all on Netflix. I, I notice I'm not laughing out loud as much as I did at the first season, but uh, the couple episodes in that I am, it's still very, very good. Um, one of the things I highly recommend, and there's already the, the clips of this that you can find online now, it, you guys know I am a huge, huge Amtrak fan. You know, yes, absolutely. I, you yes. like your trains. You love your yes, trains. I, I hate I your I love planes. my trains. It's what I do. <laughs> um, and Amtrak actually features quite prominently for a brief period at the end of the the second season premiere um, where they talk about the trains always running late and uh, there's an Amtrak official there that that says it's like oh no we the trains run late on purpose so that people can meet up and have a romantical ending and so then you see like Amtrak's motto is like Amtrak is for lovers and it, it, it just nice. it's so funny because I have been on Amtrak trains that have been delayed for almost days uh, oh, I was I've, on I've been that, as well. Yeah, I, I was on one that came in nine hours late one time. But I still, Jeez. I love my Amtrak. But seeing that was was really fun. Um, so I'm I'm still doing, I'm still making it through the second season. Like I said, not laughing out loud quite as much, but it's still very funny, and I'm anxious to see where the season goes. And the other thing that I did want to mention about Netflix right now, too, that I thought some of our listeners might be interested in, um, in the last couple of years, CNN has done this, this mini-series uh, on various decades, and Tom Hanks is an executive producer of it. So they did one on the 60s, one on the 70s, one on the 80s. Um, the, these mini-series on the 60s and 70s are now both on Netflix, and each one of those features, there's one episode in each of them that's totally devoted to television of that era. Really? So there's a, yeah, like a, a 90 minute one on television of the 60s, one on the 70s, one on the 80s. Um, oh. If anybody wants to, the, the 60s Can and 70s the 80s ones one. I've watched, and they are very good at talking about the, the shows of the, those decades and what they did and, you know, the different eras and how it fit in and everything. And it's just something else I would recommend. It's, it's you know, worth watching. The rest of the episodes in the, the series are good, too. But if you're looking just for entertainment stuff, they've done that well. Um, and I want to go online on CNN's app. I may be able to get to the one on the 80s, but it's, it's a lot newer. It just came out, so I haven't seen that one yet. But those are the Netflix things that I would be recommending at this point. Yeah, it's weird what Netflix gets into because... They they have their own documentary series that I know everyone was talking about a couple months ago the the making a murderer one 
I think. Did you ever watch that? I've I'm not completely through the first season of Making a Murderer, but I've I've watched several episodes of it and it's very interesting. I mean, they they've done a good job producing it as a documentary. I, and I know that's not what you were just talking. I know those are CNN things, but it's 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 neat to see that Netflix is expanding what it's doing originally. Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. the TV series. It's doing documentaries and stuff and it's just this random documentary making a murder and everyone is talking about it. Like it was it was water cooler discussions for a solid week or two. Oh, um, definitely. So, you know, good for them. I I'm glad they're branching out. We talked about how they're raising their price a dollar. Yeah. Like they, the other I mean, podcasts. They, they deserve are, it. They I mean, are their own brand. They're their own network, right. really. And right. that that brand has some power now. It's got some it's hard just hitting as shows. Good as it's I got think comedies, dramas. Yep. I, my Netflix, you know, payment that I make every month, but that and Hulu, you know, much more Netflix. I I think the Netflix money I pay is well worth it. Oh yeah. I mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly get my money's worth out of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to kind of wrap up the television pause point. Speaking of HBO. Uh, it looks like Game of Thrones may kind of be wrapping up in a little bit. Yeah, they there there was a report for those of you who watch Game of Thrones that came out. The author of the books has kind of gotten lazy and stopped writing. They're past the point in which the books end, and yes. they're kind of making it up as they go along, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure they're consulting, and, and he's in on that. But yeah, it's now diverted from Yeah, but the even the producers have said they, they probably got 10 or 15 episodes left in them after this season. So. And that's shocking because there, I mean, there's a lot of story to tell. But how many seasons have they been on now? Five? This is fifth season. This is the sixth season, I Okay, think. so... I'm not sure. So, I mean, but, but there's, what, 10 episodes a season? So yeah, they've so got one, like or, one, one or one and a half seasons left in them. So, I mean, that'll be, that'll be season seven or eight. So, yeah. good for them. It's a good run. I mean, so... Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's been an amazingly popular show. I, oh, I gosh, only saw yeah. the first season, but I have some good friends who are really, really into Game of Thrones and, and just everything I see online. You can tell. I mean, they've done it well. It's a very popular show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, very mature show, but it's yeah. funny. I wouldn't be surprised if HBO tries to stretch that out a la AMC with Mad Men. And if they are going to do 15, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a season like a season seven and then like another year later they have the last like five or six episodes in yeah season they'll probably eight, do like know, a like, six and six yeah. or or yeah eight that's and a good six point or something yeah, like that or something, yeah, yeah i can see them doing that as well because it does have the following out there they'll stretch it as long as they can and i just hope it has a conclusion of who gets the iron throne yeah that's really all i care about <laughs> knowing <laughs> all well. right so let's head on over to video games pause point Last time we talked a little bit about game production and oh, yeah. the people involved us. in um, creating these games. And we wanted to loop Chad in on that discussion and get his thoughts. So, Joe, recap us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we were, we were discussing this, and I know, I know you had to leave during the last podcast, but we got into a pretty in-depth discussion about you know how the, the video game industry is starting to mirror the film industry. There's a lot of people, especially a lot of young people, who are going to colleges like Full Sail in Florida, and they're really getting into the game development. It's it's something that's becoming increasingly popular with each generation. They're going to have a problem here soon because it it's it's a very um, tumultuous environment in, mm-hmm. in the gaming industry. 
uh, studios are closing left and right, depending on how their games do. Uh, if they don't close, they'll they'll cut half their staff. There's really no job security for any of these game developers who give up their entire lives for the the you know the production process of these games. It's it's longer than a lot of movies sometimes. Sometimes three or four years. There's some ridiculous games that have gone on for ten years being produced, and that's a whole other story. But it's going to get political here, and I'm sure you're going to be interested in this point, but. I am not a fan of unions and the experience I've had with them in the past, but I do believe that if any industry needs a union of any kind, I do believe it's game developers. I think I think that that's, that's something they need to get in place sooner rather than later because otherwise I think they're just going to be dumped from one project to another with no job security and no benefits and, you know, what I mean... In your experience, Chad, with with the way that works in movies, is that is that a tough thing to start up? Or I'm I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet, to be honest. You with know, you. I mean, Hollywood Hollywood is a union town. There's there's no doubt about that. Right. Um. Because you know you've got the the Screen Actors Guild, you've got the Writers Guild. So I mean they've they've been doing the union thing since really since back in the 30s when we we started some of this during the New Deal with the Wagner Act. And I didn't everything. realize it was that far back. Uh, yeah, so I mean they've been they've been doing a lot of that. The, the Writers Guild is interesting because it's it's kind of divided between East and West. So there's the the East Coast folks with the New York based things, and then the West Coast as well. Screen Actors Guild does a little bit. There's there's some different ways that they've done it. Um, but I think that there's it, I mean not being a lawyer or you know anything like that, it seems to me like there's some precedent out there that the the folks in the gaming community could use because they're creating entertainment the same way that the Screen Actors Guild is and the same way that yeah. you know the writers and all that are they're creating these things it just happens to be a different medium and you know they were they started they thought about some of this stuff you know when television came into the picture that was a different medium too but they were able mm-hmm. to roll them into the fold of what they were doing um, so it may be that the gamers need to look about creating a union on their own, or it may very well be that they could become a part of a union that's already out there too. Yeah, um, and, and I think you know, I there think may the, be something where they could create a branch for them. Well, I think the the voice actors in the gaming community have started work, or they might have completed. I haven't really followed up on it. They might have completed the work towards forming their own union because it's very strange that. They do a lot of voice and motion capture, which is which is different from other you know aspects of of you mm-hmm. know voice acting, be it movies or television. But they get paid a lot less than even like cartoon voice actors or or whatnot. So I think they've started their the work towards their own union, which is in the gaming community. So I think yeah, they they might be looking towards that as a stepping off point for the developers as well. So. That's Chad, great. Do you know how like editors are protect- protected? I think it would be kind of similar to that backstage work that would be done. Do you have any idea how those people are protected if, or if they are? You know, I, I believe that they are. I'd have to check because there, there tends to be kind of a different union for each particular, you know, thing. Yeah, because at the end you see screen actors, you see the Teamsters. So you see yeah. all of those logos come yeah. up. Yeah, like there's all those ones that cover that stuff. So I'd have to look and see where the editors fall. I, I don't know off the top of my head if they're on their own or if there's something where they're covered under another one. And sometimes there's there's interesting combos where, 
you know, this thing that seems like it might be unrelated is actually covered under this one. It, it always makes me think. There's an episode of The Simpsons um, where <laughs> there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Homer ends up becoming, getting elected president of the union, and the union that he's in, I believe, is it's like the International Federation of pastry chefs, ballet dancers, and nuclear technicians. <laughs> Um, and so their symbol is a, a ballet dancer with its hands outstretched holding a cupcake in one hand and then the nuclear symbol in the other. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, and it, it, it's a good, good way to kind of poke fun a little bit of it. Sometimes the unions cover different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd have to look into the editing one and see where they fall. Okay. Because um, I, I figure that they are covered by something more, more than likely. Yeah. I'm surprised and, these voice actors aren't covered by equity. I don't think yeah. they, I, I don't think they are for whatever reason because yeah. the majority and of that would be interesting me. to see whether they're considered to be whether they could be considered to be screen actors you know if that's something that they could expand that for that if they don't it's yeah, but different equity covers like stage performers and anything like that because I know when we worked at Disney World all of the stage performers they were covered yeah. under a different union they were under equity but I think yeah. I think it's different for them because when Kevin Spacey makes a voice acting and motion capture appearance in Call of Duty. It's different because he's. I think he's already grandfathered into whatever he's protected under on the film side of things. But I'm talking about. I think that'd these, be an interesting, like precedent, though. But these voice actors that are primarily doing electronic interactive entertainment, they've never stepped into the realm of TV or movies. I think those are those are the ones that might, like you said, be able to branch out and and get together with the game developers. And like you said, Holly Hollywood in and of itself is a union town. They have something going for them. I think when one of these gets kicking and going, they're all kind of in in this hub that is the the tech hub of the country. Oh yeah, in America, in San Francisco. So I mean, it's not. It, it wouldn't be hard to turn San Francisco into the you know the gaming union town. It's. I mean, it's yeah, already yeah. well established there. I, I want to say that this is somewhat uncharted territory. It's really not. I mean, people have been no. developing these games and doing voice acting for them for decades. But it's definitely reached the point now where this has taken off to a whole new level mm-hmm. to where, you know, it is becoming, it's become very, very big business as well as kind of a full-time gig yeah. for a lot of these people. You know, if they have to go from place to place to, to do their craft, that's very much like an actor or director, an editor or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now the, now the systems that we have in place need to catch up Right, to, you know how big this has gotten. So I'd I'd be very interested to see how that would progress, and I I would encourage those folks to to go out there and see what they can do about that, and you know how they can kind of fill their niche into the systems that are out there. Yeah, I think they need I think they need something because if not, they're gonna the the industry is gonna see a lot of fall off of talent in the coming years, and and the people that are in college right now trying to you know, make a living out of this, they're not going to see yeah. it as a viable way to make a paycheck in the future and, 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 yeah. you know, raise a family and, and, and buy a home and they're, they're not going to be able to do all that kind of stuff if, if they're, they're bouncing from, from project to project yeah. with no, guarantee. you know, for the most part, the, the Hollywood unions, they really have not suffered from some of the, the negativity and the backlash that some of the other unions have. You know, some of them develop that perception you know, over the last couple of decades of being greedy or wanting too much or it's too big and the unions are a business in themselves and some of that. 
I don't hear that much about the Hollywood unions with that. Mm-hmm. They really do seem like they still fit more under the the trade guild type concept of stuff that they, you know, they have their contracts and they have what they view as equity and they advocate for their members and some of that kind of stuff. And part of that, I think, is because, you know, all of their people are pretty much independent contractors out there. It's not like a factory worker. Right, and that's kind of how these guys are, so at least right now. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a few production studios that are like the Call of Duties and stuff like that. They have like three specific studios that work to make their revolving games. I mean, it takes two years, so they're each putting one out every year. They have some job security, but that's rare. And and I think that that's something that if if we're going to keep the quality of these games coming out the way they are, it needs to be something that's solidified a little better. So, oh sure, cool. Well, something else I wanted to get into uh, that we talked about last podcast. That was the word I was looking for. Podcast. <laughs> hey, guess what? What we're doing a podcast right now. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, the 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 numbers between PlayStation and Xbox. Me and me and Faith had a very enlightening discussion, differing opinions about about the stuff going on between PlayStation and Xbox. But one of the things I mentioned when they were talking about doing cross game play that they were open to that now. Uh, I said the one of my reasons I thought they were reaching out to do this was because they were hurting so much. And it turns out over the past couple of weeks since we did the last podcast, we actually have some numbers to support that. PlayStation has come straight out and said that to this date they've sold around 40 million units, wow. uh, which which is huge because at the beginning of this generation, everyone was saying that this was going to be the, the last console generation. No one's interested in consoles anymore. Everybody wants to do digital, but this has been the largest, quickest growth cycle for any console in a very long time. Uh, but PlayStation has about 40 million. Xbox, uh, someone inadvertently let out their numbers, possibly. It's nothing confirmed, but they're saying that they're around 18 million units sold, which puts them at about a 2-to-1 ratio, which is which is huge that, that, that PlayStation's outselling them 2-to-1. So um, I think that, that kind of backs up a little bit what we were talking about last podcast. Something I was questioning, we also talked about, I think two podcasts ago, was that PlayStation VR was coming out and that virtual reality is going to be this huge uh, thing that's going to be be happening soon, coming October, and it's already started this year with the uh, HTC Vive and the Oculus. And by the way, there are some great YouTube videos out there of people trying out VR for the first time, uh, mothers and sisters and people in, in conference rooms. So uh, you want a good laugh, check some of that watch. What? That has to be fun to see. Oh my gosh! There's one that IGN did a couple weeks back. They played the VR demo of a Paranormal Activity game that is coming out, and uh, these people it's just awesome. lost their mind. It's hilarious. <laughs> one guy, I think he bent over and and uh, w- there was a there was a table yeah, he he in the, the game. Table. There was a table in the game, and he went to go pick something up off no, the he floor. Went, he went to lean on it, and he went to lean on the <laughs> table, and he's like, table. "I almost leaned on a table that's not really there." <laughs> <laughs> he just about fell over, and it was great. So uh, definitely check those out if you get the chance. But I've always been wondering how they're going to market these kind of things because no one can really experience them until after they purchase them. Yeah. Um, and PlayStation has announced, I think, with GameStop. That they're they're going to be rolling out some demo kits that people will be able to test in the stores. And you know that that makes sense because I remember when PlayStation 
Move and the Xbox and the Connect yeah. and the Wii and all that. They had those in-game blocked off areas yeah. where you could try those out. And they also had that for the 3D TV. So that, yeah. that does make sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, it does. And I, everyone expected that to happen. But um, I'm just wondering how many uh, eye infections people are going to get from sharing <laughs> VR headsets in yeah, the they store. They do have 3D TVs, though. So Yeah, it's true. Um, the other thing we talked about was uh, the PlayStation 4.5 that's coming out. Another divisive topic for Ugh. Joe and myself. Yeah, that's 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 continuing to grow. I mean, Xbox has even come out saying out there coming out with uh, Xbox second generation. I mean, that's that's kind of a leak that, that came out that well, Xbox didn't come out with that. But After leaked. watching the Xbox game load today, again, the first time that you yeah. had loaded a game, it took forever. Ever. So mm. I think they could use an Xbox 1.5. Yeah, it's 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 amazing because I've always been a PlayStation fan. I'm not I've not shied away from that. We warned you guys when we started this podcast. We're a PlayStation household. I am very, very happy that we got an Xbox donated to us. But it is amazing seeing the two next to each other now and just how far behind the infrastructure of the Xbox is as far as when it comes to loading games and 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 just loading the the game data and then loading the updates and then you yeah. can't start the game until the update. I mean that's that's PlayStation Three last generation type yeah. but faults. It, it, it so. was a it is a beautiful game that yeah. Quantum Break. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a beautiful game. So the but graphics it, are still pretty good on it. Yeah, but just the system itself, aside from being large and clunky, I'm just kind of amazed that. I mean, you you put a game into a PlayStation Four, and even the biggest game in in that I have just caused three loads in maybe a minute, and you're ready to start it, and you can play it while it's updating, even if there's an update going on. Yeah, in the background. is the size of the game different between no. the PlayStation and the? No, Xbox? just cause three has one of the biggest in-game maps ever created in a video game, and it loaded in in less than a minute. And Quantum hmm. breaks like an eight-hour story. Interesting. So. Okay. Um, but the PlayStation 4.5, what what has come out is is some of the specs, and again, this is a leak. Giant Bomb actually had this as an exclusive on on their website. They broke this news, but uh, they came out stating that the uh, PlayStation 4.5, really quick, it's going to have increased uh, CPU, increased GPU, all these technical things that that it will improve the. The visual fidelity and and allow for 4K output and all this other stuff, but they're actually going to have this is the weirdest thing. They're actually going to have each game. They're going to require that the studios making the games they're they're going to have a you know a PlayStation 4K version of the game and a regular PlayStation 4 version of the game, and it it just seems like just such a weird setup. I don't I don't know it's how like they're going to get away with this. Everyone. Yeah, it's double Sounds the work like for everyone. Sounds like back when they when they first came out with CinemaScope, and they had no way to convert, and so they, you know, when they would film a movie, they would film it in the regular ratio, say cut, and then reset the scene again, and then film it in CinemaScope. It's, so they were really filming each movie twice until yeah. they really could figure weird. out how to do the conversions. I mean, that's going to well, be twice also, the work for the developers. It's the same yeah. thing with 3D. Like you have to have the either you have to have the camera and record in 3D or you have to do the conversion afterwards yeah. into 3D and you one theater shows it in 3D and one theater shows it in 2D. And that's probably what it's going to be more like. I mean, it's probably not going to be as in-depth of a process as what you said with the CinemaScope. It's probably going to be more like a conversion thing, but it, it just the idea that there's going to be a lesser version of a game for people who early adopted these 
these systems and I'm sure it's going to say something on the box like better on PlayStation 4.5 or whatever yeah. and it just it, it it's it, I'm I'm afraid it's going to split the split the market of what they have that is just booming right now and and I'm afraid they're going to they're going to put a a stumbling block in their their own path and I don't I don't really know why they're doing this but it seems to be that that Xbox is following suit and ironically Nintendo is trying to come back from you know Nintendo who started the whole gaming industry is is floundering lately and they're trying to come back from the failure that is the Wii U uh, and they're coming out with their new console the NX so all these things might actually come out at the same time and, and they might all be fighting each other so it's going to be very interesting to see how this this rolls out and how the market actually how the consumers actually either accept it or reject it and you know for me personally I see both sides of it uh, and I can kind of see where people don't necessarily need the upgraded PlayStation. If theirs dies and they get this one, that's fine. But I mean, I don't have a 4K TV yet, and I don't necessarily feel like I need one just yet. And and if people are in the same boat, then they might not see the reason they need to upgrade. I just I just hope when they're developing these games and they have the two different copies that game developers, because they have a lack of time to polish both copies, that they don't leave the 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 regular PlayStation Four version in the in the dust a little bit and I can see a lot of bad stuff like that happening down the road so again I don't feel like I have any say in this a one dog in I, this race. graphics are are cool and everything but those aren't the reasons I play games I like the story I like the actual gameplay mm-hmm. I would rather fight the fight of stopping 3D movies than <laughs> yeah. than this so <laughs> that's yeah. kind of where I stand I'm like so over 3D movies uh, yeah we went on a little pause point rant on our facebook page we the other did. day if you guys follow us on facebook <laughs> i'm just so over it we i just tr- want to be able to to watch a movie and not have to like wear glasses and be uncomfortable well, we were trying to get tickets for for civil war and we tried if you so want hard to finding watch one not 3d the earliest showing of a brand new popular blockbuster movie coming out and you want to see it on the biggest screen in the house you are subjected to watch it in 3d and it's just so frustrating the only non-3D showtimes the biggest movie theater around here has Civil War showing is at 10.30 in the morning and 11 o'clock at night Yeah, on their XD so screen. Kind of frustrating. So it's just ridiculous. But that's a that's a rant we've already gone off yeah. on on Facebook. So. <laughs> um, the last thing we wanted to touch base on as far as uh, the gaming pause point. We want to get you involved in our gameplay a little bit. Yeah, we, we've, we've talked about this for quite some time now. Um, me and Faith have finally gotten into Tomb Raider and Temple of yeah, Osiris. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, I like it. What do you think about it so far? You're you're kind well, of well. I liked the first one like that. I don't remember the name of it. It was some Mayan temple or something. I like it because there's a lot of little puzzles that you have to solve within the game. Um, it's a it's cooperative. I like it because it's more Egyptian mythology than the Mayan mythology. I just prefer that. So I, I like the story that it's telling. I like playing as having my like two guns or, or my but shotgun. You said something to me the other day that you haven't said in a very long time. You're very TV, 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 TV yeah. all the time. But you were walking around the house the other day. And you actually said to me, I want to play more of that game. Let's make time for that tonight. Yeah, and I rarely You haven't say said that, that yeah. in a very long time about yeah. anything since like Lego Harry Potter or something. Yeah. So So I am excited to get back into that. Um, I like collecting the gems, doing the puzzles. 
Yeah, it's it's just fun to work together on a game. It's a great as well. co-op game. If you're looking if you're looking to, to play it with someone else, either over the internet or on the couch, it's yeah, it's another one of those great games to just play with and a buddy. Really cool graphics as so. well. So we will let you know when we're going to play that. On yeah, and Twitch. that's and that's kind of that's kind of what we were getting at. We're going to do a live stream of that. So so keep keep an eye on our our Twitter and our Facebook. We'll probably announce a day before. I would say if we're going to do a live stream of that, or might even be day of. Uh, depending on our schedules, <laughs> so yeah. just keep posted on that. We'll 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 put a link to our Twitch page on on Facebook and Twitter. So yeah, so I think that wraps up all of our pause points. So we try to do a recommendation of the week, and Joe wanted to follow up really quickly on a recommendation that he got a couple weeks ago, and then we'll get into our recommendations. <laughs> yeah. So up. Chad, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this, but way back in like the first podcast, you recommended Network. Yes. I never talked to you about this. I watched it. <laughs> and? And it was one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. Um, of course, it's strange. Oh, my gosh. It was gosh. the 70s. It's, you know, and the funny thing is, it started out, like, I, I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, it started out good. And then about halfway through the movie, I felt like it just got completely off the rails. Um it, it, it's just it, I, I can see where it's right in that. Did it did it win any Oscars or was it not? Oh yeah, I was gonna say it feels just like it even back then. Um, but yeah, the the lead character Peter Finch, uh, who played the the network news anchor that goes insane, um, he actually won Best Actor that year. He was the the first person to ever win a posthumous Best Actor winner. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. he ended up passing away. Yeah, so, yeah, he passed away. Um, I I believe he passed away before it was released. Okay. I'd have to check on that though. Okay. That but that that movie just got really really strange there especially at the end and um the whole thing that they had going on with the uh, almost like like their version of the Black Panthers I guess that they were trying to work yeah. with and yeah. it I, was I so satirical too that you didn't. I almost didn't. If you wouldn't have told me that it was satirical, I would have taken the stuff that they were doing in the movie, not to, to give too many spoilers away, and the stuff that they were saying is is are they are, are they really saying that this happens in the world? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I I did. I found it very prophetic for how some stuff has happened, you know, with media and things, and how yeah. reality TV and some of that de- ended up developing later on. Um, but I had to say the, the Ned Beatty scene in that one. Yeah. And, and, you know, Ned Beatty was on screen for just a few minutes. I mean, it was not long at all. And he got a best supporting actor nomination for that. Um, but his scene is very bizarre and over the top. Mm. And I really loved it. I thought it was just great because it was just so crazy. Yeah, and you know, I will say this: that it's not it's not my cup of tea. I wasn't that big of a fan, but I will say that the the writing in that movie and the the way that they deliver those lines, it's kind of like watching an old uh, movie like Singing in the Rain. They just they don't do that kind of stuff anymore. They yeah. they don't dance like that anymore. That talent doesn't exist anymore. Whereas listening them to deliver these lines and and the language that they were using like it, it was it was very eloquent in a lot of like i was thinking of the 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 breakup between the two main characters towards the end mm-hmm. of the movie some of the stuff that they were saying to each other i was just listening to this and it was almost like 
like I don't want to say poetry, but it was just it was insane. Like the grammar and the the use of the English language, the way it was written and delivered, it was yeah, just, it, it was it was they don't do that anymore. Yeah, it was outstanding. And, and I I am very glad that you watched it. I knew we were taking a real stretch. I mean, I knew it was a leap oh, yeah. of faith because it was from the seventies. And oh yeah, I know yeah I know your era that you don't like. Um, so <laughs> yeah, sixties and seventies. I knew that going fan. in. But. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, but I, I did. I appreciate I, you taking the time to watch it. Yeah, I did it. I, I bit that bullet, and and I'm, I'm going to expect you to 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 watch some comic book movies or something here coming up soon. You're, there will be payback. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should. Yeah, I could. I could watch that Civil War movie. Yeah. Yes. Well, I you've got to watch Winter Soldier watch first with Robert Redford. So. That, like that one you would like because it's the political thriller one. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, that 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 might be something I could do then. Yeah, yeah. I could I could do my part. And I just, I wanted to follow up really quickly on something we said a couple episodes ago. Um, we talked about Keanu Reeves. We know you're listening. Hi, Keanu. Hey, Keanu. Uh, and we talked about how he <laughs> wasn't involved in the Keanu movie about the cat. Yes. Well, they actually reached out to him to be involved, and his people said no, but somehow he learned about it, and he is actually the voice of Keanu in one of the scenes. Somehow but he the cat doesn't talk in the there's movie. a hallucination scene or something, and he actually voices is it like an uncredited, uncredited role. I was gonna yep. say that's great, it's uncredited. So he is just such a cool guy, like yeah, just that's to pretty do neat. that just for fun. He heard that they wanted him in it, and he ended up doing it. So, so I just wanted to throw that out so there. So kudos, Keanu. We, since you're so cool and you do this kind of stuff, we expect to hear from you soon. Yes, um, this is gonna be a, a I think, I think this needs to be a um, every podcast we, we need to do, do our Keanu hashtag push. Hashtag pause for Keanu. Yeah, there you go. I well, I like that. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So, listening. I would love to have him on the show because I desperately want to talk to him about that movie, The Lake House. Yes. Yeah. That'd be oh, awesome. yeah. I just loved yes. it. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> we, we're just going to do like. We'll be the Keanu only people the that want to talk to him about The, <laughs> the Lake right. House. <laughs> That's a great movie. A great movie. But, um, so just kind of to recap some of the recommendations recommendations we have for the week if you like iZombie watch Psych yep if you were offended by the Ronald Reagan movie as we were just go see Dave great movie on the John Favreau front Rudy a good old movie and for Kimmy Schmidt go see Blast from the Past so that's kind of our throwback movies of the week Any, any other recommendations for the week of any old movies no I'm just gonna be wrapping up some TV seasons and Trying to uh, get a little further into Quantum Break, I might actually make Quantum Break my first video game review. Okay. That we that that I that I put up on the podcast solo, so it might be just like a fireside chat with Joe, and we'll talk about Quantum Break. All right. It might take Sounds me a while good. to finish it though, because we we live in the real world and we have jobs and stuff. So as we've mentioned before. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I just have a lot of TV shows to catch up on. Um, this past week, I rewatched Secondhand Lions, and oh, such, such a wonderful good movie. film, great movie, such a great one. So very underrated film. Yeah, talk about a suggestion. That's my suggestion for the week. I've been pushing us to watch that during a movie night with some friends, and we finally did. Um, man, they loved it. Oh, they loved it. They never seen it or heard of it before. Talk about an outstanding underrated movie. Go, yeah. go watch Secondhand Lines before any of those other suggestions we just gave. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In, anytime I've ever recommended it to people, they've always loved it. And I, I'm always so disappointed that it did not get 
any more recognition or watching or anything yeah. when it was out. So especially yes, that cast. please go watch Secondhand Lions. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder, please head over to pausepointspodcast.com. It has all of the links to our social media, uh, our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at pause underscore points. Uh, email us at questions at pausepointspodcast.com. As always, give us reviews on iTunes. And if you like what you're hearing after you review, we always uh, love to get some support from you guys on our Patreon page, which you can also find a link to that from our website as well if you think we we deserve the dollar or two. So Yes. So thanks for listening, and keep it paused right here next time. See you guys. Take care. Did this thing cut off? Or did it, <laughs> the battery just... Dead oh, air. Dead <laughs> air. <laughs> what were we going to say? I need a hot toddy.